Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth week in Lent. Uh, I'm Associate Pastor Steve Shum, Southminster Presbyterian Church, here on our podcast with Josh Sweeney. Hello. Glad to be back with you this week as we move through Lent closer to uh, Holy Week and mm-hmm. Easter. Uh, and we find ourselves in the fourth Sunday or the fourth week. Uh, and I invite you to worship with these words. God does not see as mortals see. We look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Jesus, light of the world, give us eyes to see as you see. Once we lived in darkness, but now as children of light, we are called to what is good and right and true. Jesus, light of the world, give us eyes to see as you see. So now we'll take this time to call ourselves together um, and to confess. As children of God's light, we are called to do what is pleasing to the Lord, to participate in what is good and right and true, and expose what is unfruitful and evil. Knowing that we turn from the light, we bring our confession to God so that what is hidden in us becomes visible, and the shadows of our hearts may be illumined by grace. And then will you bow with me for prayer? Gracious God, we are people who still love darkness rather than light. We keep shameful deeds secret, but flaunt our occasional acts of virtue. We see ourselves as blameless, but pass judgment on others. We do not stand firmly enough with those who are vulnerable, but step back, protecting ourselves. Forgive Forgive us, us, we we pray. pray. Bring us into your light that we may see ourselves rightly. Bring us into your light that we may know ourselves loved. Bring us into your light that we may live more fruitful lives. Keep raising us, we pray, from the deadness of sin and shine upon us with your grace. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Amen. And then the good news. The psalmist assures us that God's goodness and mercy will follow us, even pursue us all the days of our life. As God's forgiven people receive this goodness and mercy and live a new life in the grace of Jesus Christ. We We will will live live as as children children of the light, for Christ Christ shines on us. Yeah. Before we get into our scripture, two scriptures today, let us uh, join our hearts in prayer. Gracious God, illumine our hearts and minds as the scriptures are read and proclaimed so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may see what is good and right and true. In seeing, help us do what is pleasing to you so that your glory becomes visible in our words and deeds. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And today we begin with uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The second reading comes from Paul's letter to Ephesus, Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. I'll be using the New Revised Standard Version. Hear now the word of the Lord. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, sleeper awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, Josh, for our questions for reflection, it draws on the story from 1 Samuel. Right. Yeah, uh, which we didn't read, but is the story of uh, Samuel is told by God that God is picking a new king. He's not not going with Saul. And then uh, Samuel goes to uh, uh, David's family and Mm -hmm. goes through all the sons. Uh, they're marched out one by one. Uh, the eldest would make sense, but no, not that one. All the way through till uh, David, the youngest. Uh, and uh, David is then is the one anointed, which uh, plays on the idea of seeing and blindness. Uh, uh, this idea that God sees differently than we. So that's the, the setup. Right. And then the, the question for reflection. Samuel is told. Uh, that God does not look upon outward appearances, but looks upon the heart. Mm-hmm. Then God chooses David, the youngest son of Jesse, to be Israel's next king. Uh, we, knew, we know that as he grew and as life became very challenging, King David's heart was not pure. He was a mixture of great courage and faithfulness and great sin and failure. And then the question, uh, what do you suppose God saw and loved in David's heart? What do you think God loves when God looks upon your own heart? Yeah, I think for me, you know, David's the hard one, right? Like, did God get it wrong? Or was there, um, does it show just the power of sin, you know, and the power of temptation and the power of greed, lust, you know, all those things that, you know, kind of won the day and those kind of bits. But I think at that moment, you know, David, God saw something within David that David did not see himself. Yeah. And I think that that's so often the case for all of us is that, you know, that there's something within us that wants us to change, that wants us, you know, that it's really hard to see, but then God continues to work um, out that process. And I think what it shows, you know, within the kind of the story of David is, you know, just what, what happens whenever, you kind of lose that sight and, and what kind of yeah. happens there, you know, of, of, of what kind of plays out. So, you know, I, I think we could hang on David, all of his misdeeds yeah. and we could, you know, cast a stone. Right. But then I think that that's where we, that second part of that question that you yeah. asked, then we yeah. have to look at ourselves. Yeah. Right. Well, and I love, 
I, I think some ways the way the question is posed is looking at this as we would look at it, right? right. We think, okay, we need a perfect person to be king of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, be, to be God's king. Uh, and that is, I think, because we have a lack of imagination or a lack of power because God can take the most imperfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, if God can take dust and make you and me, <laughs> God can take David oh, for, sure. for all his flaws, and God can take you and me and use us. Uh, that is both powerful and humbling at the same time. Uh, and so I think what God sees when God looks at David is the possibility of what David can be. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that that is, you know, for sure one of the aspects that kind of comes into and and what do you think God loves when God looks upon your own heart? And, you know, that's where, you know, there's a lot of hope in there. But, you know, yeah. at the other side of it, it's like, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, because there are days yeah. where it's just like, do I deserve God's yeah. love? And, you know, and I think that that's what scripture tells us over and over yeah. again is yes. Yeah. Well, and it would be a problem if God's love was something that we deserved, right? right? <laughs> something that we earned. Yeah. And so I think all those kind of things kind of come into yeah. play as it goes into. And, and I don't think it gives an excuse or gives, you know, David a pass by any of the imagination. But I do think that it helps us realize, you know, there's a lot of complaints within, you know, one of the major complaints of why, you know, no one, you know, why the church is dying is the hypocrisy of the church. And I think if we're able to lean in and be a little bit more vulnerable of kind of what's going on and that we don't have it put together and that we don't have, you know, these kind of right things uh, in place, we don't have the answers, we don't have um, those kind of things, but we do know that when we are in community, that we are better yeah. and that we are better because we yeah. gather. Um, I think that's what I really hope and love about the church and, and what I think whenever God looks in my own heart, that that's really yeah. you know, kind of my passion. You have anything else that would you like to reflect on a little bit or let's, uh, well, no, let's talk about Wednesday yeah. night. Um, we have the sacraments as our, um, Eight habits of we, a vibrant church. Yeah, we'll be gathering again Wednesday evening to uh, uh, to eat together, to, to have a little fellowship and be together, and also to think about the eight habits. And for those uh, who have been able to come and be part of those conversations, uh, they will be picking up already. So each week is a different habit of a of evangelism or a vibrant church. But then within each of those weeks. Uh, there are practices or habits that are broken down for that particular uh, habit. And so uh, we'll be talking about sacraments. And I like that uh, the the writer of this lesson talks about uh, four habits that uh, uh, feed into uh, sacraments. Talks about rest, reflect, rediscover, and resist. Uh, I like those and, uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation, getting into that and seeing a little bit more, uh, what those, uh, practices, how they, uh, feed into and create, uh, cultivate a, Mm -hmm. uh, a sacramental life. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when when we talk about confirmation, you know, it's like how to remember the word sacraments or what does it mean? Yeah. It's sacred moments. Yeah. And and within, you know, the PCUSA church, within, you know, pretty much everyone, but the Catholic church, you know, there's two and there's baptism and then there's uh, communion. But if we are able to kind of look across the aisle to the Catholic church yeah, yeah. of 
you know, the nine, 10, maybe 11, you know, depending on how strict of orthodox, you know, we kind of go, you know, that there are those kind of moments. And so even though we have two sacraments that are in our book of order, that there are sacred moments that we can look for and how it isn't within so much of the doing, but it is so much more of the resting and reflecting that those sacred moments kind of happen. So look forward to the discussion. I think it should be a wonderful one led by our care and compassion group. Yeah. Um, that they're going to take it at the helm there. And so really excited for what they are going to um, bring on Wednesday night. So as we begin to wrap up, let us uh, bow for a word of prayer. Holy God, why is it that we look but do not see? Bring us again and again into your light until your ways become visible to us and bear fruit in us. Touch us so that we are utterly changed, a before and after, a now and then, that we may also say, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief, in Christ's light we pray. Amen. All right, friends, arise, shine, for the light of Christ is upon you. Go into the world bearing the fruit of Christ's light so that all might see what is good and right and true and live as children of the light to the glory of God. May the love of God pursue you, the light of Christ enfold you, and the Holy Spirit keep you as you dwell in the house of the Lord your whole life long. Go in peace. Amen.